All right. Welcome back. Another great week of the Big Ticket Life Show. And I want to take a pause right here at the top of the show. You know, you've probably been feeling it. I've been focusing the conversations lately on um, the journey, on the mission, on the purpose that my guests have. Uh, I shared with you back on my launch day of my book, my personal story back in August. And so that's where we're going to be focusing our show together. And we have deeper connections with one another than we realize. And Josh, welcome to the show because Josh and I were connected long before we even knew it. I read this amazing sales letter that he was, uh, uh, that he wrote uh, for another uh, mastermind uh, uh, coaching group. And it was an incredible sales letter about this one-off event uh, in Nebraska to watch. And it was the it was was it an annular eclipse? Drive? It was a it was a total solar eclipse in 2017. Total solar eclipse in 2017. Yeah, and it was really a really great letter, really great event. And uh, I'm going to try to find it for Josh because I keep those kinds of things. And I file them away. I keep things like that. Like that would be a great example for a one-off event to promote your event and your business. I keep things for mastermind groups. I keep things for memberships and subscriptions and things like that. Uh, and by the way, that's a little pro tip for you. Like, don't just throw your mail away. Don't just throw those emails away. If something in, piques your interest, but it's just not the right time and you sell things to people, create your own little swipe file, which is what that exercise does and did. So Josh, you wrote this letter and uh, you can share the run up to that as much as you want, but you shared with me in the pre-show. It's a great way to kick off because that sparks something in you and puts you on a different mission in life. So let's dig in. It, it definitely did. So uh, I was working for a guy named Perry Marshall, um, a legend of direct marketing. And uh, he really gave me the opportunity to become the person that I am today. Because before I met him, I was just working at call centers and just trying to figure out life. And uh, he just he showed me how things are done. And he gave me a chance to go in there and apply things and learn and screw up make a bunch of mistakes. And so towards the end of our time together, uh, the, the solar eclipse was coming through the U S in 2017. And so I, 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 uh, I mapped it out and it looked like the, the, the totality, the path of totality was going right through Southern Nebraska. And, uh, I knew that, uh, Perry's brother lived in Lincoln and I'm like, you know what, let's do an event. I, I rented out a church camp in a cornfield south of Lincoln. And I rented out the whole church camp and I wrote, and I asked Perry, I was like, Perry, I want to do, I want to see the eclipse and I want to take people with me. Do you want to come? And he said, yeah. And so I put it together and I wrote this sales letter that Jeff apparently really loved, uh, but not enough to come to the event. Uh, I I honestly had, uh, I think I was running my own event at that point. I had a major schedule conflict that just could not be moved. So, so I get 82 people from all over the world to come and sit at, at a little church camp in a cornfield in Nebraska so that we can see the total solar eclipse as it passes over. And Perry's talking, he's going like super ethereal, like he's a business mm-hmm. guy, but he went like way non-business on this event, you know, and it was a really special event. We had a lot of fun, but then it came time to see the eclipse 
and like moments, like we were looking at the, through the little glasses and everything. And just moments after you see the moon, just kind of kissing the sun, just a tiny little bit storm cloud completely blocked the entire view of the entire eclipse. Here I am sitting in a cornfield with 80 people. I had people from Australia come for this event and we couldn't see Jack. (laughs) And it was like the only cloud in the entire country because everybody else got to see it, but me. But us. Um, And, and so uh, you were mentioning earlier, just to kind of close this out, uh, this, this mission, you know, being mission oriented and having things kind of launch you in a direction. Uh, I was so pissed. <laughs> I was so pissed that that happened uh, that I immediately, as soon as I had a cell phone signal, because there was no cell phone signal in the cornfield either. But as soon as I had a cell phone signal, the next thing that I did on my phone was, where is the next total solar eclipse? And I found out that it was going to be in 2019 in this tiny little town in Chile in South America. And that day, I decided, I'm going to see that eclipse. I'm not going to miss it. I don't know how to get to South America. I don't know jack about Chile. I don't know if I'm going to have to go by myself. But I'm not going to miss this. I'm going to create a life that allows me to go and do this because it's something that's important to me. And that kicked off a lot of things that sent me in a lot of different directions. But, you know, it's just, it was interesting that you brought up the eclipse thing because I've been able to kind of book in my life lately on eclipses. Well, and there was just one, you're down Texas way, Austin, right? Mm -hmm. And there was just one in your neck of the woods. Did you get to see that one? And so that, um, this brings it all full circle. Uh, that was this past Saturday, uh, and uh, I I booked it down to San Antonio. I live in Austin. I booked it down to San Antonio to see my my friend Doug Mitchell, who lived right there in the path of totality. You know, right. And so I get there. I get to Doug's house, and wouldn't you know it, man? I think it was the same storm cloud. <laughs> it was the same one. It's following me, dude. But we get there. We got there on time. I was booking it. Like I'm not gonna tell you how fast I was going on that toll road, but. I got there with enough time to see this thing and I look up total black, total darkness, but not because of the eclipse, just because there was just like, it was raining. And so I, and so I missed it again, but the good thing about it is there's redemption because there's a total eclipse that's coming through in July to Texas and there's never any clouds in July. So I think we'll be good. I think I have to miss one to make one. So that's my, that's that's my new rhythm. Got it. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So the chili one was good. Oh my God. Uh, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life. I went by myself because everybody else backed out of the trip. Nobody else wanted to go or they're like, ah, it's too much money. It's too far. I don't speak Spanish, whatever. But I had a choice. There was this moment where it was like, well, man, nobody wants to go with me. I've never traveled alone. And that sounds kind of lonely and scary. Man, I want to see this eclipse more than I want to do anything. And so I got on the plane by myself and I went to the other side of the world and drove six hours from the airport so that I could see this thing because it was important to me. Right. And that was like the first time that I really just, I 
I've spent so much time in my life pleasing other people and doing things that other people want to do. But it's like, no, this is what I want to do. If you don't want to do it with me, that's fine. I'm going anyway. And it was yep. uncomfortable, but it was so worth it, dude. Man, that that line, what you just shared, spent so much time pleasing other people, hit like a hammer between the eyes this morning for me because I spent some time in meditation thinking about, you know, where I'm at in life, where my businesses are at, and you know, the way I go through my week, my days. And yeah, it's like you create these businesses, you create this life, but what comes along with that is massive responsibility. You know, I don't look at it. I don't, I don't walk around. What was me? I have to please other people. I, to me, the, the, the shield I carry there is I'm responsible for other people. Yeah. I'm responsible to lead their success, to to create a pathway for success for them. That's probably the better way to say it, right? Because because I require that people are as interested in their success as I am for them. But I, as the owner of businesses, have to create that pathway for them to succeed, right? And uh, now that's that's really really interesting. So what like so you're in Nebraska, and I know Perry, and I'm, I'm you know I wasn't sure. You know, everybody's everybody's season with other people sometimes ends positive, sometimes it ends yeah. negative. And I didn't want to get into all that, but since you mentioned Perry's name, so you know, I mean, you, yeah, people came from Australia, big investment, big amount of time. Obviously, there was probably more structure around the day. The black cloud comes. How did you? How did you express that? Like, because I don't think I recall reading in the letter. By the way, no friends, re, no refunds will be given if a cloud comes and ruins this thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? You know, right? So, so is that just what? Hey, is just what happened, right? So how? So how'd you how'd you turn what was amazingly positive, instantly negative, back into a positive again? Uh, you know, I, I think I think probably I was I was the one that was affected more than anybody else. You know, I, mm. I think everybody was disappointed, um, but. I was disappointed because for self-serving reasons, because I wanted to see this stinking eclipse, you know, right. uh, but the, the point of it is uh, it's not always about the outcome or the result. It's almost always about the journey or the path to get there. There's a, um, there's a, uh, a Spanish poet, um, Galliano, Eduardo Galliano. And he has a, uh, he has a phrase that I, I memorized. I memorized it in Spanish actually, but the, the translation is, uh, is basically, so utopia is on the horizon. I take two steps towards it. It takes two steps back. If I go 10 more steps, it takes 10 more steps back. And so I have to ask myself, what's the point of utopia if you can't reach it? And, uh, and then he answers his question by saying, well, that's the point. The point is to walk the path. Mm. And uh, I memorized that that phrase because the first time that I saw it and read it, it just it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, it doesn't really matter where you end up. It matters the steps that you're taking to get there. It matters who's, who's walking yep. next to you on the way as we're looking in that direction. Who's with you? It doesn't matter who's there. It matters who's with you on your way and you may never get there. And, but, but once you do get there, so what, if there had been an amazing eclipse, cool. You know, how many people would remember 
the event versus the celestial event. You know, sometimes, sometimes the things that don't go right, those are the things that teach us the most lessons. I, I do have one example for that, if, if you want. Go right ahead, man. So uh, a long time ago, I've, I've used this, uh, I've told this story many, many times, and that's, it's, a, it's a testament to how impactful it really was for me. But I was at, let's, this is more than a decade ago, I was at one of my lowest points in my life. I was feeling really, really bad about myself. I didn't have a lot of prospects for, you know, getting out and being successful with life. I didn't have any friends, you know, had no relationships or anything. And I go and there's this person in my life um, that had had arrived for whatever reason and was there. And so I asked this, I asked this lady, she was older than me um, and kind of a, a, not exactly an authority figure, but I asked her, because I needed some validation, I said, am I a good person? Am I a good person? And all I really needed from her in that moment was for her to say, well, yeah, of course, Josh, of course you're a good person. Why would you even ask that? That's what we're looking for when, when we seek validation. We're looking for the validation. But she didn't give me the validation. And because she didn't give me the validation, I remember the lesson. Because if she'd have said, yeah, Josh, of course, you're a good person. There's no way I would have ever even remembered this exchange. And I wouldn't have learned the lesson. But what she said instead was, I said, am I a good person? And she said, you don't need to worry about that right now. You don't need to ask that question right now. What you need to do is you need to pray. Hmm. And uh, man. I'm not a religious guy, you know? So at the time, it kind of pissed me off. I'm like, come on, you got to do better than that. But, but I got the point. It took me a while. And what, it, what she was really saying was, stop seeking external validation from other people. Stop worrying about somebody else bestowing upon you that you're a good person. And go and do the things that you need to do to live the life that you need to live. Focus on yourself. Stop focusing on what everybody else thinks. Man, that didn't go the way I wanted it to, but it went exactly the way I needed it to. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of folks, you know, have a hard time with that because they, you know, they think, well, that's selfish. It's selfish to think that way. I always have to be giving. And, and that's a good-natured thing to want to do. But that runs out as time goes along. If you're, eventually you give so much, you're just this empty soul, this empty person. And then you just get yanked in this direction or that direction because you think, well, that's what's got to go back in. And it just uh, eventually just beats you up. I think a lot of people need to spend some time with that last few minutes you might, I forgot to cover this in the pre-show. People who watch the show, by the way, you can catch it YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and on audio. But you might catch me doing like this from time to time. I write down these moments and then we chunk them out into reels so you can get little, little nugget size chunks of the big ticket life. But yeah, rewatch minute 
15 to minute 17.30 for sure. That was some good, good stuff. Uh, really appreciate you sharing that. You know, it's interesting uh, how you say, you know, you're not a religious person, but I'm sure you reflected there was meditation on that. You were forced to think about it, right? And she I think we need using, to realize... She was using her... Uh, she was using her tool, which was prayer. And she was saying, this is the tool you need to use. And you can take that, whether whether you're Christian or Jewish or, or uh, non-religious in any way whatsoever. It's not about the prayer per se. It's about focusing inward. Yeah. Whether you're spiritual or not or something like that. Take the tool and interpret it and change it into whatever you need the tool to be. But the point is the same. Well, and I th- it's so funny that Eclipse would be something we talk about because I've often said here on our show, I say to people I talk with in life, like wherever you are on that spectrum of belief, I think to think it's all just merely coincidental, it's all just happening. There is no connection. I think it's a really sad way, an unfortunate way to go about life. And, you know, when you sit back and you look at an eclipse, you sit back and you lay under the stars, man. I, I do that at my campsite, the vastness of everything. And yet here I am in this moment, looking up at it, connected to how many millions, tens of millions of years it's away from me. Like, I think that connection is cool. Um, what other connections have you felt you were nudged into in life, uh, that pointed you towards success as time's gone on? So uh, here's something that uh, I think that everybody really needs to hear, but nobody really wants to hear. Uh, Drop it. It it has absolutely nothing to do with business. But at the same time, it has everything to do with business. Uh, So I'll I'll air some dirty laundry. I've uh, I've been married more than once and uh, successfully divorced more than once. And... uh, (laughs) Uh, I've never heard it put that way. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes it doesn't work, you know, but, um, and, uh, I take, I take full responsibility for everything that happens in my life. It's actually, it's one of my core values. Um, I have four, four simple core values, make the time, do the work, own all outcomes, be the difference and own all outcomes. That's, when when I started taking care of that, my life changed. My life got better because when we spend time and effort blaming somebody else or some other situation for our problems, we're robbing ourselves of the opportunity to take control and go and win. And we're handing over our own self-agency and control to somebody else or something else. A lot of times it's a thing or a person that no longer exists in your present life. They may not even be alive. They may not, you may not have even spoken to this person in years, but they still have that impact on you. And you don't realize you being angry or upset or victimized by some other person or situation, that's only hurting you. It's not hurting them. That's only keeping you down. It's not pulling them down. Yeah. And 
And so just, just to kind of make the, the point that I want to make is it took me decades to figure out that the reason that I couldn't be in a good relationship was not because I kept finding crappy women. It was because I was a crappy dude, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I got to work on that. I got to be a better person. Not so much that it's going to make the people I'm around better, but it's going to help me find better people to be around. And I'm in control of that. I can take responsibility for who I put myself around and who I let in close. I can't take responsibility for how somebody else behaves, but I can make sure that I'm setting us up for success by choosing better people to begin with and treating them better. Yep. yep. Man, we are, we are cooking with gas, as my producer Chris loves to say. By the way, if you like the way the show looks, the way it sounds, this is my opportunity. I haven't done this in a couple of shows. I apologize, Chris. He doesn't ask for it, but I am obligated to do it because when people do great work, um, they should be praised for it. And uh, Chris does great work. So if you like the way the show looks, sounds, how it arrived, however it arrived to you, and you're interested in podcasting, Chris would be a guy to connect to. And Chris at Cast Ahead, all his info is in the notes. But as he likes to say, man, we're cooking with gas right now. I love this. It's so funny. I would hone in on how I feel about the evolution of the show. And you are the first episode to really kind of kick it into that gear. I appreciate you so much, man. I really truly do. And I don't want people to think, oh, we're turning right away from business. This is why I've tuned in. You know, I think I've always given you something to think about more than just, hey, here's a way to save 15% on your utility bill if you have a brick and mortar store, right? Like I give tactical stuff, but never that plain and simple. I've always had a little more ethereal, a little more elevated thought. I, f- I feel. And so going back to the Eclipse event, like there's a business lesson right there. Here's Perry Marshall, who it really is in the business of masterminds, of coaching, of selling newsletters, selling continuity programs, subscription programs, and is open to the idea of you, somebody he's mentoring, bringing along this idea for an event. And this idea for an event was just this random thing. Good marketing can make anything move in life. And here you you put together this event around an eclipse. And so pr- the right message presented into the right market really creates uh, a lot of opportunity, right? And uh, so, it, you know, we you, you have your own shows that you do. And I know we have, uh, this show will be a little shorter than normal. But let's kind of dig in, like, you have that expertise. You have that gift. Because I've, I've been seeing it now for a few years. We're in Apex together. I watch you. You watch me. We comment on each other's stuff, etc. You, I looked over your shoulder for an amazing sleep quiz thing that I'm trying to bring to the retail business. So, you know, talk about opportunities that business owners actually have today that they may not think are around them but that are absolutely doable and can, can be successful for them. So there's, there's, there's a couple of ways that we can go with this. There's a, there's a strategic approach and there's a tactical approach. And so just starting with the strategic approach, uh, you, you, you brought up the Eclipse event a couple of times. I wanted to see the Eclipse. And I wanted mm-hmm. to build something around the idea 
of seeing the eclipse. So I didn't have to go by myself. No. Uh, and, uh, I did the same thing. Um, I wanted to go to England. Uh, and so I was still working with Perry and I said, Perry, I'd like to do an event in England and, uh, I want to sell tickets and I'll be the host and I'll run the show. I had never run an event before and I had no idea if anybody was going to show up and like pay money to see me, let alone in another country. Uh, but you know what? It worked. I got to take the trip. I got to get my trip paid for. And I have a, a, a experience and a story that I can share the rest of my life because it's something I wanted to do. I built and created the opportunity for the thing I wanted. Yep. And uh, we can all do that. It doesn't matter what business you have. If you uh, run a mattress shop, uh, you could host a sleep conference in Sedona if you wanted to go spend a weekend there. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to go down to Miami and, and go deep sea fishing or something. Hey, I can put together an event or I might have a high end client there. We can do a consulting day or something like that. We can always find a way that our business funds our lifestyle and vice versa. Yep. Uh, and so I'm always looking for those opportunities. I don't want to work so that I can just like push a button and punch a clock and then die. I want to work so that I can live and I want to help people out and find a way to create cool experiences from that because it's sometimes, I mean, I know I have a, a cool background and everything, but it's kind of boring sitting here in my office by myself all the time. Right. Um, and so I want to create those experiences. And so if you're sitting here and you're thinking, Hey, the big ticket life, big ticket life is all about leveraging what you have available to create that life that you actually want to get whatever ticket you want to whatever destination. And so I would strategically start looking at ways that you can use your business, your resources and the things around you to get what you want out of your personal life, whether it's travel or experiences or something like that, combine them together, you know, tax write off first and foremost, you know, that's yep. funded and paid for. Secondly, but third, you're, you're merging these two parts of your life that have always kind of been traditionally separate. But, you know, as entrepreneurs, we can't really, we can't really hold two camps like that. Okay. We don't clock in from eight to five and then go home and eat dinner and watch TV. It's just not our life. It looks right. different for us. And so it's okay to combine that. That's my strategic answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, you know, you talked about the sleep summit in Sedona, uh, very appropriate example. Uh, I know jewelry store owners who, you know, in the advent, you know, we have a, a generation of kids that just don't value jewelry like their parents did, like maybe our generation did and, and my parents, right? You got, you got guys with wedding rings that are basically rubber silicone uh, now. And it's like, I don't know how much those rings are as I play with mine that you're right on the show, but um, yeah. I know I spent a lot more on my ring, a lot more on my wife's ring than I think 199 bucks for a silicone wedding band. Um, so there's I a jewelry stopped, store. Owner. I stopped buying them after a while, you know, <laughs> they never worked for me. <laughs> you successfully found how to move the uh, jewelry <laughs> expenditures in the ledger to other, other revenue making uh, <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but I know a jewelry store owner that actually takes a select group of clientele on diamond buying trips around the globe. Love it. 
So there, so there, you're blending travel. You know, you're you're blending the, the the behaviors of affluent people. You're blending them all to stay relevant with your customers. And, and just like this eclipse event, like you you have the permission because we get to write our own rules every day. Just because your industry might like raise their eyebrow at it or frown upon it, doesn't mean you can't do it. Look out to other people. You know, somebody else, and I know you, I know you know this guy who is a master at architecting business and constructing business around hobbies and things he loves to do is Dan Kennedy. Um, mm-hmm. Horses, horse racing. And I mean, unfortunately, he's not doing that anymore due to uh, uh, a health battle a couple of years back. But for a long time, man, this guy had lived in Northfield, Ohio, or in proximity to Northfield, Ohio, which is like west of Cleveland. And like between Cleveland and whatever else is there along the the lake coast, there's like not much there except horse racing. And it's the kind of horse racing he loves. So everything was focused towards Northfield, Ohio in that, in that region. And then Disney. And he wrote endlessly about the examples of Disney. And because he did that, he had to go research Disney. Whenever I had something new, that was new research. And so he got to go to Disney. And again, we're, we're talking about some... Some things you can do, some things you can maybe write off. You should always check check with your CPA. But um, when you when you appropriately do it and you have a preponderance of evidence to support it, yeah, it's it's able to be written off. And Dan's a master at that. Uh, I don't know if you ever picked up on that, but he is a master of it. And um, it's all around building that life that you desire that that creating that building of success. So. I know I, I touched on this. I looked over your shoulder last week was we were at the Apex event in person together. And uh, you, in a matter of literally of, I think, four or five minutes, built out this sleep quiz. Yeah. Well, AI. Using, yeah, exactly. So you, you seem to be really uh, embracing AI. Let, let's spend a few minutes there as we look to kind of wrap up our time together. I'll start out with this question. Do you think AI is going to take over humans or do you think humans are always going to be needed to make AI better? You know, I, I know that uh, I score a lot more points by being polarizing and picking a side, but the honest, the honest answer is I don't know. Uh, okay. I could see it going either way. Uh, I, could, I could see... Uh, to, to me, as of right now, there's there's just no way that a machine can replicate a human. Uh, and that doesn't mean it's not going to be possible at some point in the future. Uh, you know, we, we had heard recently uh, information and knowledge is doubling every 72 hours with machines. Humans can't keep up with that. Eventually, we're going to get surpassed. But that said, uh, people can tell when... You use ChatGPT to write an email for you. People can tell when you use that to write a social media post. And and robot knows robot. Uh, If you use ChatGPT to make a social media post and you stick it on Facebook, the robots of Facebook are going to recognize the robots of ChatGPT and say, that's not a human. We're not going to show that to anybody. And so it's almost like there's like this unspoken code but we can all kind of tell like below the surface, this is just generic stuff. This is just stuff that robots are repeating that we've been feeding them. They're, they're kind yeah. of like consolidating information. 
And to a certain extent, that's what humans do. Um, but there's just this nuance that machines just can't quite grasp yet. So I don't think machines are going to replace humans. Um, but what I do think is if, if you are in a position to where you're, you're performing a, a task or a skill that can easily be replicated, um, you're going to get replaced. Right. If you're in a position to where you're using your brain, and you're using uh, emotional intel- intelligence to navigate social situations or to help people with their decision-making process, I think you're safe. Uh, and uh, also, if you have a high level of technical skill, I think you're safe um, because it's just going to take a longer time for robots to figure out how to do tech support, you know, for instance. Like, I don't know what's going on with my computer. You know, well, hey... Did you unplug it and plug it back in? Like, it might take robot a minute to figure that out to how to kind of troubleshoot a problem. But right. yeah, if you're doing something that's easily replicatable, I would look for new work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the way I the way I've approached it is I've embraced it. I actually we just did a co brand, um, our first co brand partner with a chiropractor around our sleep better book, and so now local chiropractors local to us get the quote unquote, co-author the book with us. And, you know, we, we have some revenue agreements behind it. And essentially they are promoting to their customers, our business. And Mm -hmm. so I used AI because I really don't know anything about how chiropractors speak, but I took information that each partner chiropractor put on their site, threw it into AI as prompt. And said, write a forward as though I'm this person. Mm-hmm. And out the other side came some pretty good stuff. But then I took it to my human for my proofing and copy editing. And I said, Cynthia, have at it with this. Yeah. And she said, actually, this is actually very good. Um, she said, I cleaned up some syntax. I cleaned up some context. I added some things. But I didn't tell her how I created it. Um, and... Uh, you know, she thought, she thought, well, you must have spent a, t- a lot of time on this. I said, I actually didn't. What I spent the most time on was thinking about how to prompt it. Yeah. That's what I spent the most time on. And, and like, to me, that's where the human element remains, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I look at AI kind of like Olympic scoring. The answer is going to be, we're going to throw out the high score and we're going to throw out the low score. <laughs> so those responses, those interactions, you know, you you're going to, you're ultimately AI is going to give you that shoot down the middle lane answer because it's aggregating. That's all it can do. As humans, we got to recognize how do we push that answer into a better lane? That's the way I look at it today. Uh, As we wrap up, where are you embracing AI and the work that you do for your clients? Because you work with business owners, you help six-figure entrepreneurs level up. So what are some things that have you excited to help them and, and you know, have your company be a better service to your clients? Well, I think it all ties in to uh, what we do that's not related to AI just as much as what it is. Uh, and it's about simplifying. There are a million shiny objects out there. There are a million strategies and uh thought leaders and mindset coaches, and there's all kinds of people out there. And let's put that on a spectrum. 
we've got your tactical spectrum, we've got your strategic spectrum. And as entrepreneurs, we tend to gravitate towards either or both sides of that because it's sexy. I was just mentioning earlier, if I just if I just take a side, that's going to that's going to piss some people off and it's going to make other people happy. Right. But what happens is if we go too strategic mindset or we go too tactical shiny object, we get lost. We're too far away from the middle, which is implementation. And that's where everything gets done. Implementation is simple. Pick up the hammer, hit the nail. Pick up the hammer, hit the nail. How do I use AI to make the shiny objects and the strategy simpler so that all I have to do is pick up the hammer and hit the nail and I don't have to think so hard? What you just said earlier about you know, writing, writing the prompts and everything. It's just doing some heavy lifting for you. Right. And so for entrepreneurs, we get stuck distracted by this shiny object, distracted by this next coach that's saying we should do this or not do this. And everybody's contradicting each other. And we end up not doing anything. We end up in analysis paralysis. We end up procrastinating. We end up going and putting out fires because being a firefighter is sexy. (laughs) We get the awards, the medals. We're a hero for putting out fires. And so we're always looking for more fires to put out. But then we say things like, well, I'd love to grow, but man, I'm just so busy putting out fires. Because putting out fires is sexy. And being a fire marshal, that's not sexy. But the fire marshal is making sure that your building never catches fire to begin with. Yeah, And that's what you're doing. Yeah, I guess if all you're doing is being a firefighter, soon enough, all you got is charred remains. Every fire is urgent, but not every fire is important. Right. And as entrepreneurs, we have to make a decision to focus on the things that are important that are going to move the needle forward for us. AI will help you do that because AI will go and be an unlimited firefighter for you, and they don't want any of the glory at all. What that allows you to do is it allows you to focus in on the things that matter that are going to push your business forward. And that's why I started building things around that for entrepreneurs because they struggle so much, me included. I'm not taking me out of this. I'm the same. I, I built what I do for me <laughs> and I just <laughs> let other people in, <laughs> you yep. know, but uh, what I built was a way to simplify and remove all of the distractions. Just, just focus on. What do I need to do right now that's going to push the needle forward in my business? Because there's this moment where as entrepreneurs, we hustle and hustle and hustle. And then we hit the wall and hustle will not take us over that wall. Hustle will just run us right back into it over and over and over again. So what we need at that point is we don't need more hustle. We need a slingshot. And so I'm that slingshot. I help the entrepreneurs get over that wall. Let's get an injection of cash into your business. Let's create a campaign. Let's bring in some sales because as you know, more than anybody, healthy sales and cash flow solves pretty much any problem that your business may have. Yeah. Once you've solved the problem, now we can go and build systems, set goals and all the things that you actually need to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's very few problems in business that cash doesn't fix. That's right. The problem is more cash can sometimes exacerbate the problem. If you only, don't have only if you got a coke habit. It. 
<laughs> well, you know, you 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 know, you talk about, you know, you joke about it, but yeah, it, it, maybe you're not doing blow every day in business, but you're acting like it. You're treating your top line bank account like it's party time, yeah. not understanding that hey, there's a lot behind this number that's going to cost that does cost me money to deliver to make customers happy to make my employees happy to oh I got to go rebuy the inventory, I have to pay the AdWords bill, oh uh, that all has to happen. Of course it does, and so someone like you, with your genius, and I I hope we've done a good job. I think we have of showcasing anybody who's going to listen, your mind and your ability to bring an idea through to implementation. You know, a few examples of that we've shown today. So, man, I really appreciate your time. I know you've got another great show. You do your own your own thing called BYOB Lunch Club, uh, which is an entrepreneur's discussion panel that's live most, I think every Tuesday or most Tuesdays at, Tuesday, at noon close. central. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool show to check out. I know you're running up against the clock there, so we're going to let you go. Um, we've been flashing your information on screen, but for people who are catching this on audio going down the road or during their workout, if they sure. don't get back to their show notes, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so if you are an entrepreneur and you sell a service of any kind, could be professional services, home services, uh, worked with travel agencies, coaches, consultants, course creators, uh, real estate agents, pretty much everything uh, in between. Uh, And you're somewhere under the 2 million mark right now. Uh, You're probably hitting that wall that I'm talking about. If you're not hitting it right now, you'll hit it soon or you hit it last month. And the immediate gut reaction is, I I just got to hustle more. I got to work more hours. I got to put in more effort. I got to go and try this new shiny thing. I got to go spend more money on ads. But you don't really need to do that. What you need is a new perspective. Uh, Because when you're standing there up against the wall, maybe you're holding it up, you can't really see over it and you can't really see the end of it. So you just need to be able to back up for a few steps and reassess the situation. Once you have that, then we can build a plan for how you're going to get over that wall and start growing your business and push past that window and that that barrier that you're at right now. So if that's something, if I'm saying that and you're like, yeah, that's me. Uh, if that's like, if you're like, no, dude, I got this, I'm good, no problem. Um, but if if I, as I'm saying that, you're like, yeah, you know what? I I do feel like I'm putting out a lot of fires and I'm spending a lot of time being a firefighter and I'm tired of it because it's not getting me where I need to go. Let's have a conversation. Uh, you can reach me anywhere on social media at JT Literally, you can send me a message, a message on Facebook. Or if you want to learn more about what I do, you can go to factor1.io. Factor1.io. And you can poke around there and kind of see what we're all about. And if you want to have a conversation, go and fill out an application, get scheduled on the calendar with me. And we'll have a, an honest conversation about where you're at. We'll see if there's something that we can do to help you uh, get where you need to go. And if it makes sense, we'll do something together. And if it doesn't, no big deal. We do guarantee results in writing. Uh, so I have no incentive to try to put you into something that you don't want or aren't ready for. If I can help you, I'll say, hey, this is what it looks like. Let's do it. And if I can't, I'll just be straight up with you because I, I don't want to, you know, I, I like sleeping at night. So factor1.io, um, if any of that resonated with you, I'd love to have a chat. We'll see if there's something that we can do to kind of push you past that. I got a got a great track record with uh, people under $2 million that sell a service 
with typically two, three, five X businesses in a like 90 day window or less. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I hope you all take a Josh up, check out what he's doing at factor1.io. If you feel it's important to get on the phone with him directly. I love that. I love that process of filling out an application, by the way, that's not heard that often. Love that. Um, shows you that Josh is serious about your success and it shows him that you're the same. I'm sure you guys, if you connect, will not be disappointed. Josh is just a really great person I've known here these last few years and have been connected to longer than we both knew. So Josh, man, thank you so much for taking the time this week with my listeners, with my watchers on the Big Ticket Life. And we'll see everybody else next week on the show. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life. And now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, It's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat, in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today, where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors, that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now, accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.com Dot live. Again, that's a gift. Dot the big ticket life. Dot live.